When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. It's Purple Daily. One more hour of Vikings talk on Purple Daily TCL Broadcast Studios. I'm Sam Ekstrom, filling in for Matthew Collar. Find my work at zonecoverage.com. Joined by Judd Zulgad. Find his work, scorenorth.com. And esteemed, would you call yourself a columnist at scorenorth.com? Yeah, I don't, I don't use esteemed because that seems very self-congratulatory. Right, well, I can say it. Oh, thank you very much. But yes, a columnist is correct. I try and write. In fact, I'm doing a column right now on the arrival of... Uh, Josh Donaldson and his press conference. So that should be out in an hour or so. If this wasn't a Vikings show, we could just talk for the next hour about where he fits in the Twins lineup because you got limitless options there, my friend. Oh, that, yeah. I bet you. Be fun. So by, by the time that the summer's all said and done, how many different spots do you think he hits in? Donaldson? Yeah, because they'll mix it up. But the only question is how much? One through, one through seven. I think Rocco's the kind of guy who, if 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 someone's in a two week slump, he's not afraid to bump them. Yep. In the order. Yep. One through seven. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know who who would love Josh? Zim would. Oh yeah. Didn't he strike as a personality that Zim would be like, "Come play for my team." I think you're right. <laughs> Who's the? He strikes me as a Zimmer type of of no BS. I take it seriously. When I come to work, I'm working. A football coach would love that guy. I'm trying to think of the correlation between who is the Donaldson on the Vikings, you know? Like kind of a Ooh. a free agent. They, they don't really have Ooh, a lot a of one. free agents that they bring in. It's a lot of homegrown who's guys. Who's the personality type, though? Who's, who's, the, who's the most, you know, really good, really serious? Maybe Rudolph? Yeah, although Kyle is. Kyle seems to me at times to be a little bit too laid back. Josh... From what we saw in the 25-minute press conference today from Josh, I don't know that there is a laid-back year there. Yeah, Griffin maybe, as Declan just said. Griffin seems to be go, 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 go. But I'm trying to think of a personality type that was that's just a guy, because football coaches love those guys. Hockey coaches love those guys. Because as, as, they're captains. As good as a lot of the stalwarts are on the Vikings, a lot of them are pretty laid-back. Harrison Smith, laid-back. Yes, you know, intense game guy, but Eric I don't Hendricks sense. laid back. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, defensively, it, it's surprising. Griffin probably not laid back. Um, 
Hunter laid Hunter back. Hunter laid back? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of... Because Josh strikes me as the type of guy who is... Josh was playing on the Vikings offense. And something went wrong for Kirk. That he would tell Kirk in no uncertain terms, do better next down. Maybe a Riley Reef Offensive line well, kind of mentality? Now you're getting closer. Yeah. I, I like the old line. Yeah, because those guys are no-nonsense. They're intelligent. But they've got a gear that, yeah, you know what? Reef might might be a good comp. A guy like that. Now, Reef is not that good in his job no. as Donaldson is, but I do think that there's a certain no BS factor. Yeah, I think you're right. I Boys, mean, we're here to work. Reef would be like bringer of pain, and the pain is being experienced by the quarterback who just got <laughs> sacked. That's that's the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, let's let's do, do some Vikings over under, shall we? Sure. I've, I've got five of them here. Uh, hopefully, they lead to some lively debates. Would you rather sign Anthony Harris mm-hmm. to an extension mm-hmm. or sign an above average left guard and lose Harris? You know what? This is actually this could bring about a debate, but it's an easy answer. For me, and we've been talking about this, Sam, on Ventline for a couple of weeks now, just as far as the Anthony Harris conundrum. I would sign the above average left guard off the market in a second. I do not think that it is a realistic ask for Zim to go to Spielman and company and tell them, I want both safeties. Now, I'll give him one of them. I'll give him, you can have 30 year old Harrison Smith, who you love and who mm-hmm. is a great player. He might be a little bit declining, but he's still a great player, right? Yeah. And Anthony Harris, who you have developed, love him too. Another smart kid, 28. So he's not super young, but he's not as old as Harrison Smith. But you only get one. So to me, the the would I rather is very simple. It's going to be the offensive lineman who can block interior pressure. I agree with you. I think it'd be painful to lose Harris just because he's in, entering his prime. Not a lot of mileage there. You raised him from a UDFA to what he is now, which is arguably one of the best safeties in football. But I think, too, when you look at the guard market, you've got good guards out there. Brandon Sheriff knows Cousins. He's got that Cousins connection. Vikings love sort of those colloquial uh, connections. Joe Thune might be the best guard in the market from the Patriot system, mm-hmm. same, same as Josh Klein was, and Klein had a pretty good year. Uh, Graham Glasgow from Detroit. Vikings are very familiar with him. He had a pretty nice season. I look at Anthony Harris, what he's done the last two years. He's done great things. But did it change the defense? I, I don't know if it did. I don't know if it, it... It certainly is good to have two safeties that secure on the back end, but sure. they were pretty good with Andrew Sandejo back there, too. Mm-hmm. right? And I think you'd rather invest in the defensive line and the cornerback positions. I just think safety is probably the third or fourth most important area on the defense, whereas interior pressure on Cousins is one of the biggest problems this team faces. And I can't pay both guys. I just can't do it. I can't I can't be disintegrating like I am, Sam, mm-hmm. at the corners, right? My corners are, I don't know who <laughs> at this point. Right. Because I'm assuming Rhodes gets cut. I'm assuming Waynes gets paid elsewhere. I don't pay mm-hmm. him. Uh, Alexander, I'm assuming, might want to leave, okay? Yeah. So I can't in good conscience say, all right, my corners are disintegrating around me, basically. My interior line desperately needs help in at least both guard spots if possible. And I'm going to have two top paid safeties and safeties. I want one really good one. So don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing the the importance, but part of my problem that I can't judge now, but I fear is happening here 
is I think the Vikings, from the coaching staff to Spielman as well, misjudge and misappropriate cash positionally. Like yeah, Dalvin, uh, Cook. Like you can't sign Dalvin Cook to a huge contract. No, and and they and might safeties? fall into that trap. Defensive tackle too. I mean, nose tackle. If you look at the way a lot of teams structure it, they just get a really big guy and they pay him two million dollars. And Linval, when he signed that second contract, mm-hmm. that put him in probably to the overpaid category. Know what I mean? Exactly. Um, follow up question. So, if you're picking safeties, who would you rather have for the next five years? <laughs> Harrison or Harris? Okay, I'm going to say something very unpopular based on age. Here's the thing. I go Belichickian every time, which is, Harrison Smith, you are a Hall of Famer. And I love you as a player. And you've done me right at every turn. And you are an unbelievable asset. And I want you to take all of that. And if you need another coach to call me, I will give you the greatest character reference of all time. But I'm cutting you before you decline. I'm keeping Harris. I, I'm keeping Harris, and there's a two-year age gap there, which in football is, is akin to what? Five years? It's dog years, right? Dog years, for sure. Okay. So, but what is the Belichick? The Belichick code is, I think, it's I'm cutting you right before you decline. In Belichick's world, Xavier Rhodes almost certainly is cut right after 2018, Right. So my choice right now is one of those two. I'm cutting the older player. It's tough. I don't like it, but I have to. And and it also goes along the Patriots theme of, and the Vikings a year ago, Sam did not do this. When Anthony Barr walks out of my building to go and see the Jets, I tell him, you're never coming back. I think like it, once you leave me, that money is going elsewhere. And I think I agree with you for the most part. The only thing that gives me pause is that Harrison Smith, I think, has a different skill set than Harris in that Harris is more of a reactionary player when the ball is in the air, when okay. when the play is happening. Harrison Smith is an improviser before the play mm-hmm. happens, and he's a threat to blitz. Harris is not really. So there are different things they're doing pre-snap. I think Harris is phenomenal when the play is going on. He just has this sixth sense. He's really smart. That's how he picks off Aaron Rodgers yep. and, uh, and Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. He just, he just knows where the ball is going to go. But I still think you're right. I think you take five more years. Do you think I'm right? Because I'm not, I'm not positive. I'm just going with what... I, I really believe that loyalty has gotten the Vikings in a pickle right now. Well, I told and Sage... And so I'm, I'm, done being, I'm done with that. I told Sage in the previous segment that I'm nervous that they're going to be too loyal again this offseason... And work their hardest to restructure, you know, Linval and Xavier when it'd be better just to have a clean cut and move forward. You can't do that, can you? Xavier has to be gone. Xavier, right? ha- I think he has to be. Linval, I think I can stomach a restructure. Griffin, you have to allow to walk. His contract voided. You have to let him fourteen work. million. Unless he wants cap. to, unless he wants to come back for nothing, which he won't. Griffin has to be allowed to walk. And Rhodes has to be cut. Linval, I would personally cut, but if you if you picked one of those guys to restructure, and I got him way down. Now I'm talking big pay cut. Joseph, I talked to about that, and I, I I think Joseph plays a position where you can probably make up the difference in aggregate. I think if you get a rotation going on the interior and then get a really good three tech next to next to your nose tackle, can you find I, that guy? 
a big Danny Shelton, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, Armin Watts. They definitely missed that guy this year, right? The, the, yeah. the, the interior of the Vikings line was not bad, but I didn't feel like it made a difference. How telling is it that they had defensive ends playing on the inside on passing downs? Well, and I actually like that as part of the league now. I think it's smart, but you just saw the best teams, and the best teams now have athletic guys inside who get pressure. When, when I started to cover this league in 2003, the right end was a threat. He was your pass rush specialist. The left end was called the base end, and he was basically there to help stop the run. Right. And the interior guys, I loved them, but they were fat guys. And, okay, they might be athletic to a certain degree, but you never expected consistent pressure. Now, now the best teams basically have four guys who can all move. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. No, it, the game's getting faster, more athletic, and the Vikings, I think, were ahead of the curve there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked, though, at interior pressure just from true defensive tackles. Last year, I think they had 33 pressures from Joseph, Stefan, Jaleel Johnson, etc. Year before, with Sheldon in the mix, uh, a, a younger Joseph, and maybe a healthier one, I don't know for sure. He's been banged up the last two years. 96 interior pressures, almost three times wow. the number in 2018, and I think Sheldon Richardson made a huge difference. Uh, we spent a long time on the safety question. I'm going to skip around here. Would you rather see major improvement from Garrett Bradbury or Mike Hughes in 2020? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I'll answer it first. Yeah, go, go All right. <laughs> My initial reaction was Bradbury, right? Because we've talked about how interior pressure was killing Kirk Cousins. He's not Absolutely. mobile enough to get outside. But then my second thought is, okay, he's got a guard on either side of him, mm-hmm. got a fullback behind him in many cases. I, Mike Hughes is all alone, right? I mean, and we've seen how damaging a bad corner can be with Xavier Rhodes last year. And we're assuming he's going to start at an outside corner with let's, this question, correct? Yeah, let's assume he that. He has to. Because you don't know if they're getting any of the three corners back okay. from last year. Let's assume Mike Hughes is going to have to be elevated and I think we also have to take for granted that his neck is okay because he had a broken vertebrae, which uh, Mike Zimmer assured uh, will will heal, quote-unquote. But I think when you've got a cornerback on an island, and, yep. and we saw that Hughes could be susceptible yep. this, this past year, I think I want Hughes to, to develop more and then just hope that Bradbury's limitations can be masked by your guard play and your your Is Garrett protectors. not be, being thrown back into Cousins? Because that concerned me at times when guys would pick him up and toss him like a rag doll. But I got to think you, you're right, and especially in a scenario under which we're talking, that Hughes is going to have to start at an outside corner. Let's say one of those safeties is gone. Secondary-wise, if he doesn't take a step up and play really well, you're in huge trouble. Now, I want to see Bradbury improve, but you're right. If you improve your guards enough around him, that could give him an infrastructure where it's not going to crack down. So, yeah, I mean, they're two first-round picks. Hughes, I'm just flat-out now concerned about his health, too. Yeah. Because we've got the knee in year one. Now, as you just said, a vertebrae, which is nothing to scoff at or joke about. That's very scary. So, yeah, you know, I hate that question because it's so... Double edge there, but I would take Hughes as well because if Hughes comes out opening day next year and starts getting beat, you are in a world of potential trouble. Bradbury had the same issue Elfline had as a rookie. He was too weak against strong defensive tackle play. 
and he had some very low moments. There, there were two or three games, right, where his PFF grade was zero or close to zero. Yep. If you eliminate the low moments, he's much closer to the middle if you just filter those out and look at the stats. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that he puts on weight, sort of like Brian O'Neill did in his first full off season as a pro, and, and then comes back stronger. But I think you, you need the technique of Hughes to improve. You need Hughes to be that shutdown guy. You need him to be better than Xavier was for sure last year. It's an absolute necessity. Um, would you rather have Xavier Rhodes as a starting corner next year or Shamar Stefan as your starting three technique? Shamar Stefan. I, I think Rhodes is done. I just think it's done. And I don't think there's any... Shamar Stefan, I think, probably is who he is at this point. And I don't think he's a train wreck. I don't think he's great, but he's not a train wreck. But Rhodes has... Rhodes stayed one year way too long, and this was awful. And I can't watch that. It's, you know... And I feel... I feel compassion for him because he was so great at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a top five corner in this league. He he had developed himself into a All Pro Pro Bowl dominant player. 2017 was incredible, but that's not close. I can't. If I'm the Vikings, I can't bring Rhodes back. I can't watch that, and I don't think he's going to go to a team and bounce back. I don't think that there's a system now that's going to magically solve his problems. I think he is an old, what, 29? 29. Okay, I just, I think the wear and the tear and all of those things have taken their toll. Rhodes was a liability. Stefan was more of a net neutral. I think this is a good opportunity well to, like to, to introduce, neutral. I want to introduce a new segment. It's called uh, Xavier Rhodes Pro Bowl Moments. Pro Bowler Xavier Rhodes. This is in honor of yesterday's morning Judd. Uh, Jonathan, do we have that? Xavier Rhodes Pro Bowl Moments, number one. Xavier Rhodes, he, he looks as if he's looking for help. He's looking back, looking at the quarterback, and allows more just to run right by him. Xavier Rhodes, Pro Bowl moments in honor of the Pro Bowler, Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> one of eight Vikings in the game. We'll have another one of those next I, segment. I still can't. I talked about it extensively yesterday, but I still can't get past that one. Yeah. Well, we can move you know, past. Kirk Cousins, it. fine, right? You know, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Statistically, heck Deserving. of a year, Kirk. Xavier Rhodes. One of these things is not like the other in that list of five guys yesterday. Yes, sir. All right. Would you rather trade your next two first round picks and get Tua Tagovailoa, but you miss the playoffs next year, but you've got Tua? Or keep Cousins in the final year of his deal, play out the string, you don't add another quarterback, and you win at least. One playoff game. Maybe more, but at least one. Oh, I want door A in a heartbeat. I will miss the playoffs. I get to develop my quarterback. I get to move on. Um, Because door B, by the way, is conceivable. But it's where this team has been for how long? It's purgatory. It's purgatory, and you have to find, at some point with where this league is trending, you have to find that quarterback. And if I can trade two first-round picks... And, and assuming the medicals on Tua's hip come back just fine. And now I've got my quarterback of the future, who, by the way, can redshirt for me in 2020 because Kirk's going to play. That's why I like that plan. And I'm fine with it. And I finally, and, and oh, by the way, he redshirts for me in 2020. Then he starts for me in 2021. And I've, and because 
I got him in the first round. I still have four years left. Three of them are dirt cheap because the first four years are dirt cheap, and year five is not necessarily cheap, but that option is nowhere near what I have to pay a veteran quarterback. If you give me that scenario, I will take it in a heartbeat. And in that scenario, you have a plan in place, whereas if you play out the string with Kirk and you don't know what the future holds, which, as you mentioned, is entirely conceivable, then you're in a 2018 situation all over again where, okay, our quarterback's a free agent. There's not going to be another Kirk Cousins waiting for them to sign. I mean, that's just not going to happen. That's absolutely correct. They wouldn't have the money to rescue themselves from that situation. So to have a plan for the future and have the potential to maximize your ceiling, right? I think that we know what Kirk's ceiling is. Things have to be perfect around him. With Tua, might be a, might be a low floor. I mean, who knows? These guys bust all the time. But also, to maximize your potential. Uh, let's break. Let's talk more Vikings after this break. I'm going to paint an optimistic view for the Vikings next season. A lot of this show has been negative. I'm going to lay out exactly how things could be all right for Minnesota in 2020. And I'll finish up by giving you my favorite Super Bowl prop bet. Oh, and more Xavier Rhodes Pro Bowl moments. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect. Filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.